this evening, I want to, all right, so um, today is supposed to be the 12th part of the series that our dear beloved pastor started like over 11 weeks ago, uh, but um, I'm not going to divert, I will not go another direction, I believe that's the same direction the Holy Spirit um, impressed in my heart to share with us tonight. And um, I want to assure you that as many as um, are here tonight, you will get a word from the Lord that will, that will usher you from where you are right now to where you are meant to be in the name of Jesus. So pastor has been teaching on now concerning spiritual gifts. But tonight, I want to talk about what I have titled Positioning Yourself for the Spiritual Gift. Can we humor me? Can, can we say it together after me? Positioning yourself for the spiritual gifts. So, um... I'm going to be as fast as I can, by the grace of God. I have timers all over in this place. So I'm not just depending on this one. I have some other bodily timers. Amen? So I trust God to do a quick job and be done over with in the name of Jesus. So we all know the anchor scriptures. That's um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 1 through 11. As a matter of fact, a lot of us should have known all the verses of that scripture offhand by now. <laughs> I don't know it myself, so I'm just, I'm just kidding. But we can learn it by heart. So tonight, what I believe that God wants me to do is to help us to position ourselves to receiving the gifts of the spirit or the spiritual gifts we can actually we can actually um, learn to prepare ourselves to receiving what grace has already made available for us and, when, and you know oftentimes when we talk about grace we're not talking about just a subject uh, we're not talking about a curriculum or a course we're actually talking about the person of Jesus that's what the Bible teaches, full of what? Grace and truth. So um, we want to learn step-to-step approach of how we can actually uh, be in the right attitude or, or put on or wear the right attitude, be in the right environment, uh, conditioning in our heart to receive what the Holy Spirit who is the embodiment of all the spiritual gifts and the fruits of the kingdom can um, do in us and through us. So I want to just help us to, I want to get us to that point where we are desperate to begin to operate in all of those gifts. I, I, I don't know about you, I don't know about you because Pastor already started dealing with us in those courses, I, I feel like I want to begin to be used in that dimension. What, what, what about you? I don't know about you, but I want to begin to operate in that dimension of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit, as it wills, can begin to manifest those gifts, or I can say the best gift, that is the, the, the gift for the moment, to be a blessing to the believers and to the unbelievers and to you know, even to me, myself. Because most of the time, we are first, the first beneficiary of um, what God does, you know. And um, it, it, we, when, when we already went through it, then we can share it with other people, you know. It's just the same way when we say love, Jesus Christ laid the model. He said, love your neighbor as who? As who? As yourself. So it means you cannot give what you don't have. 
you can love your neighbor if you don't start by loving you. So self-love is not selfish, all right? Self-love is actually the key to loving other people because when you love you, uh, it's coming from the deep understanding and, and the knowledge of the love that God had towards you, all right? You know that God loves you so much, and then because God loves you, you love you too, and then you are enabled to be able to love other people the way God loves you, and you have come to identify it with loving yourself. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I need you to just pay close attention and let's go on this journey together. Positioning yourself for the spiritual gifts. Before I begin the walkers, and um, I have about five steps here that is going to condition our spirit, you know, our minds to begin to, uh, uh, what's the word now, to, to be desperate, to be uh, hungry, to be thirsty, you know, for the Holy Spirit to use us in the dimensions of the gifts of the Spirit, you know. I, I, I love it when I can minister to a believer or an unbeliever and I am exploring those gifts, not by my own, um, not, not, not fabricated, okay, but as the Holy Spirit would have me or would empower me to do it, and I'm able to tell them what they ought to know by the Spirit. Just like we've learned that there are about three categories of those gifts, all right? There are the nine gifts of the Spirit, but they are classified into three categories. Can we remind me what the three categories are? The gifts that, the gifts that, I can hear. The gift that says something, uh-huh. The gift that sees something, and then the gift that what? That re reveal, right? No, 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 we've, we've just mentioned two. What's the last one? Okay, the gift that do, say, and see, or reveal. Good. Those are the three categories of gifts, and we have in each category um, a threesome, all right? Three, three gifts in each category. So how we can position ourselves to begin to operate in all of these gifts is what we want to talk about tonight, and um, I begin my exhortation this evening. So, um, I'll be looking down a lot, because I wrote a whole lot down, but I need you to also listen to me. Okay? Alright, so I said positioning is simply the conscious effort or corresponding action of faith that shows the awesome preparedness of the believer to receive, lay hold, and appropriate what has been made available to him by grace. That is, this evening we want to study or we want to check in on effort as a believer that we need to make, all right? Now we can call them works, just like the Bible states, and this is not works according to our own performance, but rather it's just the corresponding action of our faith in the king, in the giver of the gift, not just the gift, all right, but our faith in the gift. So how, what, what, what are the actions we need to carry out? And that's where positioning comes in tonight. I said it is also called works of faith that address and display the beliefs and um, the, the beliefs and conditions and states of the heart of a believer that creates in him the confidence in the God of the act, not just the act of God. You know, many times we have faith in the act of God. All right, we have faith in the heart of it. We have faith in what God can do. We have faith in what God is able to do. You know, God can do all things, isn't it? But we most of the time tend to forget about the doer that we attach our faith on his works, on his heart, 
rather than focus our faith on him. Now, what happens to you if he don't do what you believe in him to do? You quit. You terminate that relationship with him. You believe in God for an, um, um, for an helicopter and you don't get it. Now, does that mean that God is no God anymore? Now, your faith is in the helicopter that God can provide for you, not necessarily in the God who can provide the helicopter. So, this is to help us to shift our faith where it belongs. Our faith does not belong in the acts of God, in the kingly favors. You know, all of those blessings we receive from God are, are referred to as kingly favors because God is our king. But rather, our faith should be in the king. Such that even if you don't get a get what you believe in him for, you know that you can still trust him. Because even when he is silent, silence is also a speech. Many times we think God is silent, God is quiet. But, and you're saying, God, you ain't saying anything. You're not talking, you're not. But God is quiet. He has just begun talking. You just are not paying attention. Because that quietness of God is silence, is some communication to you that you need to pay attention to. Are we following me tonight? So the conscious effort or corresponding action of faith that shows the preparedness of our heart, all right, to receive what God has in stock for us, where the spiritual gifts are concerned, is what we are talking about tonight, positioning ourselves for the spiritual gifts. And when you look at James, James 2 and verses 14 through 19, and it's talking about faith without works. Faith in itself without works is what? Is death. Media can help me with those scriptures. Uh, you know, James 2 verses 14 through 19. Now look at that. What does he profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and had not works? Can faith save him? Verse 15 now. Huh? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, but what does it profit? Now I do this a lot. Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. Look at verse 20, 26. Let's, let's, just, let's just go. Okay, okay. No, no, don't worry. Go back to verse 18. Let's, let's, let's take a look at that. We're going to read the Bible a lot tonight. Here, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Now, show me that faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God that dost well. The devils also believe and tremble. Now, verse 26. Now, cups it up and say, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without corresponding action, without intentional effort, as inspired by the spirit to so do, you know, is dead. You know, the greatest level of faith is, is rest. When you can enter into rest, you just ask God for a particular thing, and you go to rest. You're not, you know, uh, what's the word? You're not um, I'm a pestering God anymore about that thing because the first time you told him about it, you received already. And so you enter into rest by giving him thanks. I mean, that's the greatest level of faith. You don't go back and say, Lord, I hope you've not forgotten about the uh, Apple Pro Max I, I, I asked from you. And then the next day again, you still went back. No, 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 you, you, you're in doubt. All right? You are in doubt. But when you're in faith, the Bible says when, when, when uh, uh, I don't remember the particular scripture now, but he said, believe, okay, that's Mark. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. He said, believe when you pray that you receive and you shall have what you, you know, believe in God for. Yeah. Yeah, when you go to, all right, that's it. And then verse 24, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So it means when you ask God for anything right there, in so far is according to his will, 
you receive. All right, right there. Hebrews 11:1 1 says, now faith, now faith. So faith don't wait to tomorrow. You don't wait to uh, the next hour. It is now. You receive it right there. Now, does it mean you have the physical thing already? Nope. But you receive the intangible uh, elements of whatever it is that you're believing God for. It's only a matter of time and patience. You receive the physical manifestation of that thing. Are we here together? All right. So I said I want to help us to um, put up the right attitude, posture, or dispositions that are required to, to receiving what God already gave, his kingdom gifts. Another thing I wrote here is faith of God or in the king is an active force that moves a believer to take what is already is in the kingdom. All right? We have so much faith. All right? But that faith, like I said earlier, the object of our faith is not in the act of God. Rather, is in who? Is in the God of the heart. Can we say that together? My faith is not in the act of God, but in the God of the act. That is just enough to keep you going. Even when you don't get what you believe in God for, you don't say, Lord, I quit. Lord, I'm not doing it anymore. After all, I, I asked you to keep my grandma. She was going to die. And I prayed for her and she, you, 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 you didn't keep her. Would you still be able to say, God, you're good. You are a good God. Grandma has gone to be with the Lord, but you still remain my God. Now, would you say your prayer didn't work? No. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'll just keep quiet. You know, because, you know, many times we think, of course, God wants us to live long, all right, 120 years, you know. But sometimes I think we need to get to that point where there are some, uh, there are some questions that we may not be able, not even we may not be able, we can't answer it. Like, like, um, like senior pastor said, um, our own pastor here, some people they prayed for and they still end up, you know, the, does that mean God, they have heard their prayers or he did hear their prayers, but they still want to be with the Lord. And that in itself is an answer to the prayers that they prayed. Death also is an answer to prayers. Are we following me tonight? Now, another point I'm going to share with us before I begin to talk about the approaches now is um, love zone is the right condition, environment, or atmosphere for spiritual gifts to manifest or operate. The right atmosphere, the right state of the heart, the, the, the um, right environment that is conducive for spiritual gifts to operate, to, to manifest, to um, show forth is on the field of love. Is on the field of love. When you begin to operate in love, when you begin to walk in love, when you begin to walk in love, now you, you have faith, all right? Now, because the Bible says that faith with faith worketh by what? By what? Eliu, by what? And if you read through 1 Corinthians, the next chapter after chapter 12, which is our anchor scripture for this series, you will see that our Apostle Paul was trying to show us the more excellent way. And basically what he was talking about is love. So love is the right environment for the spiritual gifts, you know, the gifts that say, the gifts that see, and the gifts that do. For them to be able to operate as the Holy Spirit wills. So you want to ensure that you're operating from love zone. You, 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 your heart is so conditioned that it does not harbor any form of hate. 
any form of um, animosity towards anybody or any, any form of un or unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever is not of God and in God should not be found in your heart. The Holy Spirit sees through the heart, all right? So he wants your heart to be so full of or filled with the love of God such that you can attract the spiritual gifts. Are we following me tonight? Another thing I'd say is love is the common ground of fertile soil that steers the gift of the Spirit. Media, can you help me with um, 1 John 4, 16 through 19? 1 John 4, 16 through 19. We're talking about how the love is very important and we have known and believed the love that God hath to, to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And then verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. So love, like I said, now when we're talking about love, I'm talking about how much do you know that God loves you? That's where love begins from. It doesn't start with how much you love God. Okay? It doesn't start with how much you love God. Because you can't even love God. Did you see that last verse? We love him because he first what? So you, you, you don't have the capacity to love God. You're actually feeding on your knowledge of his love for you. Because you know that he loves you. Now because you know that he loves you. All right. Now, that gives you um, the empowerment that you need to be able to, you know, love him. Because you cannot love him the same way he, he does love you, all right? <laughs> but because you know how much he loves you, it don't matter what you, you, you do. As a matter of fact, because you know he loves you, that would drive you to do the right thing. Even when it is hard to do. That love will drive you to doing the, the right thing. It, it will drive you to live right. It will drive you to say right. It will drive you to see right. And it will drive you to do right. Are we following me tonight, church? I mean, take a look at 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6 and 7. We're talking about how that when you are operating from love zone, the Holy Spirit as he wills. Causes you to manifest the best gift. The gift needed for the moment. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. Now look at the next verse. How you want to stir up the gift of the Spirit. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And what? Did you see that? So the, 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 the right conditioning of your heart should be a love zone. You embrace the love of God. And now, what that does to you when you embrace his love like a force, like, like uh, how do I say it now? Like a volcano eruption. You know, when, 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 when there's a volcano eruption, now it, it flooded your heart. Now it's Peel over to driving you to love people that are hard to love. People that you ordinarily cannot love by yourself. So it is the love of God that we embrace that also enables us to be able to love God and then to love other people. And this actually is the right and the perfect environment for the spiritual gifts to manifest and to operate. And we saw how that Jesus was able to operate and to manifest in those gifts. 
And Apostle Paul is another model. They operated from the love zone. They live daily out of love. As a matter of fact, we cannot operate at our best when we step out of love zone. And science has proven that. Love, so, love zone is, is referred to as a positive energy. So the right environment that uh, 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 man can operate at its maximum or at its optimum level is to be in the love zone. Is to be in the what? In, in the love zone. So in the love zone, you're able to operate at your best. You know, when every other person are bringing in their negative energies and, and, the, and, and the negative vibes around you, you know, their, their, their cynicism and, and, and their negativity and their anger issue and all of that, and they meet love right here. You know what love does? It, it waters down the negative energy. It's like somebody who was, who did you wrong and was expecting you to retaliate. With the same or even higher measure of the wrong they did you. But rather than taking revenge on, on that person, what did you do? You responded in the kingdom way. It's like somebody just walked up to me and gave me a slap. Pa! Like, woo! Now, <laughs> they expected me to also give mine back and then we engage in a fight. And they give me a slap, and I'm like, what? Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> In fact, you know, the stars I'm seeing gone wouldn't allow me to know what to say. <laughs> because I'm trying to find words to say. But I received this slap, and I'm like, well, this slap ain't good, though. But uh, why slap is down me, bro? And I'm, and I'm rubbing my, my, my cheek like this. Or I just... Oh, I received a slap and then I left. After all, the Bible says when they slap you on the right cheek, you turn your left. No, no, no. The Bible ain't saying you turn the left one so, so it can be balanced. But the Bible is saying you, you go the opposite way. You have just received a negative energy, but you respond to the uh, negative energy with the positive energy by responding in love. Was that slap good? No. Was it up? Yeah, it was up. I don't like to receive that kind of slap. But I walk away. And the person is doing like this, like, oh yeah, now you want to give me yours? And I'm like, excuse me, I don't have your time. Uh, I don't have your time. And, and, and I just walk away. Now that's difficult for the people in the world because we are familiar with teeth for tat. An eye for an eye, a two for a tooth, you know. You do me and do me, and then man no go vex and all of that. But that's not the kingdom way of doing things. The kingdom way is so different. I said all about to say that love is just the perfect. You, if, if you look at the latter end of um, 1 Corinthians 12, you see that Apostle Paul was saying by the Spirit of God. Now, now let me show you the more excellent way. Now, he didn't say, let's forget about all the spiritual gifts we've just analyzed so far but i'm saying in order for you guys to be able to operate effectively in all of these gifts now the right conditioning of your heart the perfect environment for these gifts to manifest is what is what love is love and your faith is energized by what love because faith without love is you know, faith worked by love. That's what the Bible has taught us. It's like love is the feel that gives faith its uh, efficiency. If I can put it that way. Uh, love is, is the feel that, that gives faith its efficiency. You know, it's like, you, uh, I don't want to use my, sorry, my flabby muzzle. Now, let's assume my muzzle is big. Like, uh, who has the biggest muzzle here? Okay, I'm looking at uh, Adeni. I'm looking at Dave. Anyways, let's assume like I got. Don't don't look at. <laughs> let's assume my muzzle is like uh, 
Wolis Mozu. Do you get? Now, <laughs> this is a very bad example, amen. <laughs> All right. Now, I have a very huge muzzle, amen? Now, you guys can see this muzzle, right? I'm going to use this muzzle to carry something. But beneath this muzzle is a... Now, you, you guys can see... You can see what? You, you, you can see the triceps and, 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 and the biceps, right? But beneath it is or are worked, tuned muscles beneath the skins. You can see the skin. You can see the uh, bush of Toby. Yeah? You understand what I'm saying? Aha. Uh-huh. You, you, you can see that. But beneath it, if, if, if the muscles are removed from it, the thing will go down, right? So I can say that love is the muscle that makes what you see what you see. Amen? So love is the muscle that, that makes faith effective as it is. Amen. We're getting somewhere very quickly. Don't worry. <laughs> the five steps I want to teach us won't take us time at all. But I'm trying to establish this foundation to get us to that place. All right. And um, last set of thoughts I want to share is, now the Holy Spirit is the embodiment of all the spiritual gifts. Now we're getting to the crescendo of this teaching now. The Holy Spirit is the embodiment of all the spiritual gifts and the fruits of the kingdom. We have the nine uh, uh, spiritual gifts and we have the nine fruits of the spirit, which most of the time we call them the characters of um, the spirit. Every believer is expected to, 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 to live out those fruits, you know, to cultivate them and, and yield them bountifully in this earth realm, you know. I also said, he is the governor of the kingdom of heaven sent to establish the same in our heart, in our world, and build a pattern of heaven on earth. And that's what we call the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a pattern of the kingdom of heaven on earth. So we are the houses that the Holy Ghost, who is the governor of that kingdom, the Holy Ghost, who is the governor of the kingdom, will reside in us to build in us the colonies of the kingdom of heaven so that we can release it on earth and eventually turn the earth realm into the kingdom of God. Are we following me tonight? So, now, talking about all of these um, um, thoughts about the fact that love is actually the um, right environment to get the spiritual gifts to thrive, to be steered up, to, to, to manifest, to, to operate. How then do we position ourselves to set up ourselves to enter into these realms of manifesting the spiritual gifts on a daily basis? On a daily basis. How, how do we get there? So number one, way to position ourselves to begin to explore this spiritual gift, all right, as the Holy Spirit wills. Remember, no matter how hard you pray, it is still the Holy Spirit that chooses which gifts you should manifest. Are we, are we getting what I'm saying? But we can position ourselves to receive, okay? We can position ourselves to receive. So how do we best position ourselves to receive whichever gift that he wills to pour on us to use at that time or to use for those times, however the case may be? Number one, seek knowledge of the gifts from the giver. Seek knowledge of the gift, the giver. Now, we know what knowledge is. Knowledge is information, all right? In this kingdom, it can become revelation. When you got something you never got before, it could be information for somebody who already has it, but for you, because you were ignorant of it before, but you now have just been awakened to the realities of this, you know, 
encrypted uh, code. So it now makes sense to you. It makes sense to A, but it didn't make sense to B. But when the Spirit of God breathes on it, now it made the same sense it made to A. Now it made it to what? B. So seek knowledge of the gift of the Spirit from the giver. You don't go to about the gifts of the Spirit. Or go to Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat. You, you, who is the giver of the gifts? God. That's the source of the gift. Authentic source of the gift. The Holy Spirit, like we said earlier, is the embodiment of all of these gifts. So number one way to uh, uh, position yourself is to seek knowledge of the gifts. And we can see that in verse 1 of our anchor text. Can we go there very quickly? Media. Um, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. You see the first line is... Do not be ignorant. Right, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, expression house, I would have you not to be ignorant. Let's, let's take a look at it together. First Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. In other words, seek knowledge about the spiritual gifts. Where do you seek knowledge from? From our constitution, from the Bible, all right? And pastor has been dealing with it for over 11 weeks. You need to go back and listen and listen and listen to them again. Faith comment by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Those are the ways to seek knowledge. You seek knowledge from the word of God. You seek knowledge from the servants of God who have in-depth knowledge about the spiritual gifts from the word. Are we following me? You know, Hosea 4 and verse 6, we all are familiar with that scriptures. My people perish or my, 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 my people um, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. So we don't want to be ignorant. We want to be people that um, know about the gifts of the Spirit. So number one thing that helps us to know you're all really ready to begin to manifest in the spiritual gifts is to seek knowledge. Is to, to drive yourself to find out about what does the spiritual gift entails. And pastor has really done a whole lot of work on that lately. And it's not even finished yet. So you want to go back and listen to over 10 parts that have been done and, you know, and read books. I mean, good books, you know. Not just any kind of book. To consult the, the word of God. To get the truth about the spiritual gifts, you know. The, 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 the word truth is simply original information. You know, you don't get distorted or perverted information. The original information. You can only get it from him. Or through his servants. Like we see in, um, I think, John 16 verses 12 through 15, you, you know. He was talking about how, how, how can we hear, you know, we hear from the preachers and all of that. I don't want to go into details. Number two, build up your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Build up your relationship with the Holy Spirit in constant fellowship and communion. And what is that going to do to you? It would, when you build up your relationship with the Holy Spirit in constant fellowship and communion, it begins to work on you and through you for the kingdom purpose. Many times you're thinking about yourself, but when you intentionally build your relationship with God, all right, in constant fellowship and communion, like we saw in um, 2 Corinthians 3 and 10, while we behold him like in a mirror, we are changed from glory to glory, even by the Spirit. Of the Lord. What the Holy Ghost is going to do to you when you intentionally build constant communion and fellowship with Him is that it's going to change your desires. It's going to change your want-tos to what He wants now. So His want-tos now automatically will become what? Your want-tos. Another thing He do is He's going to fill you up such that what is not of God will be forced out, all right? And what is of God will be shut in. 
What is not of God will be shut out, and what is of God will be shut in. That's what your constant fellowship with the Holy Ghost, who is the embodiment of this gift, will do to you. You know, it would prepare you. It's going to whet your appetite. Remember the first step we said, seek knowledge. So the Holy Ghost, when you begin to um, intentionally and, and consciously fellowship with him on a daily basis, it's going to whet your appetite. It's going to arouse your hunger to be, you know, willing to be used by the Spirit of the Spirit to operate in that dimension. Are we following me tonight? After all, those gifts are perfect gifts, as James 1, verses 17 through 18, um, as in tweets, you know, that every good and perfect gift comes from God that gives to all men liberally. Amen. Number three, choose the giver over the gifts. I think I've said this before. Number one, I said, well, seek knowledge. Of the gift from the giver, from the authentic source. Number two, build up your relationship with the Holy Spirit in constant fellowship and communion. This is going to help him to renew your mind. According to Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, it will renew. I, I, I think we are, our mind is so cluttered up with lots of junks that are not relevant. But what the Holy Spirit does, it declutters our mind. It it removes, the, it removes the baggage and the garbage and the junks and all of those things that are not necessary. And what will be left will be just those stuffs, those intangible, immaterial stuffs that are the relevant energies for us to continue to walk in light of His will. Are we following me tonight, church? What did we say number three is choose the giver over the gifts. You know, that number two, uh, we, we can see it in the anchor scripture, verse three. You know, we're saying, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the spirit of God. You see, you can only, you can only call Jesus your Lord. You don't make him Lord. Jesus had been Lord and will ever be Lord. We just acknowledge that he is Lord. Who is a Lord? Lord means owner, master. So it takes the Holy Spirit in you to, for you to be able to make that confession and say, Jesus is my Lord. He is the Lord over all. He's the, all, he's the Lord over my life. He's the Lord over my, you know. The, the Lord is the controller of your life, you know. And that's, that's the way we actually differentiate between the, the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You know, the indwelling of the Holy, Holy Spirit is like you're on the driver's seat and then you're asking the Holy Spirit to take the passenger seat. That's, that's indwelling, all right? But, but the infilling, when the Holy Spirit comes upon, you actually leave the driver's seat for the Holy Spirit to come now and take the driver's seat. Why you take the passenger seat and watch him take you on a ride of a lifetime bliss. Are we following me? So I said all of that to say, choose the giver over the gift. That's number three. Number three approach. Number, number three step to positioning yourself. Choose the giver over the gift. And you have full access to the grace gift and explore them as he wills. Don't forget, as he wills. All right? As he wills. Look at verses 4 through 6. There are diversities of gifts. Now, I need you to watch these three verses closely. You see that there's a common denominator in all of the verses. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Are you looking at the last line, everybody? And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Mentioning diversities of gifts, diversities of um, uh, ministries, diversities of activities. All of these gifts, activities, operations are all in control of one spirit. So 
It means you want to see these gifts in operations. You want to see these uh, activities in, in operations. You, you want to see um, these ministries in operation. Then you focus on the giver. Not the gifts, not the ministries, not the um, operations, but on he who is the giver of the gift. So focus your attention on the giver. You know, just like Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and every other thing shall be added to you. So the person you need to actually embrace and pursue is not the gift, actually, but rather the giver. Because when you have the giver, you have everything that the giver has, including the gifts. Number four, and then number five. Number four, this has to do with humility. All right. Understand that you are only a privileged, glorified vessel used by God to operate in this gift. Now, at this level, the Holy Spirit is already doing his work on you. You are already starting to manifest in those gifts. So you need to also <laughs> be careful Understand that you are only a privileged, glorified vessel used by God to operate in the gift. And also, the purpose is for the service of his body. We are the body of, of Christ and he's our head. So, you belong to that body. I belong to that body. We all belong to that body. So, you also just need to um, seek caution and be sure that you Humble yourself under his harm. I need you to minister that to your neighbor. Say, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't have exaggerated um, opinion of your self-importance. I mean, tell him, tell him. Tell him, say, don't have exaggerated opinion of your self-importance. It's not about you. It's about him. All right. So understand that you are only a privileged, glorified vessel by God. This will humble you to see that, wow, the Holy Spirit just used me to operate in the word of knowledge. He just used me to operate in, he just used me to operate in the word of wisdom. He just used me in, in, the, in, in, the, in the dimensions of special faith. Oh, he just used me in, in the dimensions of healing. Oh, he just used me now to see, I mean prophet, see, alright, prophet see, so he just used me to see now into the future and I could foretell uh, you know what's going to happen tomorrow or oh, tomorrow is going to rain, tomorrow is going to shine, all of those things that the Holy Spirit would have you do and stuff like that, don't forget the fact that he is the one in operation you are just a vessel that he is using alright you're just a vessel that is using. Let's, let's see what First Peter 5, 6 through 7 says. And I give my final points and we are out of time. First Peter 5, verses 6 through 7. Media, can you help us with that scripture? Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Uh, verse 7 now. Oh, okay, casting all cares on him and he cares about you. Uh... Okay, I didn't get to show you that verse in the anchor scripture, the verse that actually talks about uh, why you need to humble yourself under his harm. That's verse 7 of um, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse, yeah, verse 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Remember I said, understand that you are only a vessel, all right, used by God. And um, for what purpose? For the purpose of the service of his body, which you belong, which I belong, and not just for yourself alone. It's not a showmanship. It's, 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 it's a Godmanship. Hallelujah. So the last one, and um, I'll be out of here, is that desire the best gifts. Desire the best gift. And that's verse 31 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Can we look at that uh, media? My time is up in five seconds. 
but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Remember, we talk about the right environment that is the more excellent way for the gift of the Spirit to operate, to thrive, to manifest, which is what? Love. So what did we call the first um, step? Now, these steps are not just for you to follow, like, okay, if, if you miss one step, the other one will not work and all of that. No, 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 no. These are just, uh, these are just to help us to see how to better position ourselves when the Holy Ghost would see us to, you know, then use us or to find us ready to be equipped, to be used in whatever dimension that he chose. Are we following me now? Okay, so what was the first step, church? Seek knowledge of the gifts from the giver. Then number two, that's very important. Relationship is key. Relationship is very key. Otherwise, you'll be practicing religion. Otherwise, you want to be like God without God. So relationship is very key. Number three, choose the giver over the gift. Choose the giver over the gift, all right? Because the gift eventually at the appropriate time will be gone. But what will remain is what? Love. Read 1 Corinthians 13. You, you see all of that. What will remain is the love of God. And number four. Now this should humble you so that when you begin to when, when the Holy Ghost began to use you to cruise in that dimension or in those dimensions of the Spirit, you, 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 you don't allow it to get into your head and then you forget that you are only a conduit or a channel to the body of Christ. And the last step is what? Desire the best gift. If we are able to, you know, intentionally put all of these steps in order, then we can be sure that we are ready to begin to maximize um, access of the spiritual gifts. You know, that we are ready to be used by the Spirit of God to operate in these dimensions. I don't know about you, I want to start operating in these dimensions of the gift of the Spirit. What about you? So let's stand on our feet.